Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Thursday, the usual start to the regular season. It is November 15th. Of course, this season, it is not the usual start. We are starting a week earlier. If you haven't gotten the memo already, the season has begun. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we are supposedly live streaming. We have tried something new tonight. Um... We paid for it, <laughs> uh, and we hope it is working, um, and we'll see. We'll find out. Um, no, maybe not. We don't know. We think we started. We'll find out here shortly. If not, we'll find a way to make sure it works. If you got questions for us, we told you how to get a hold of us. We would look forward to it. Yeah, there we are. I see us. There we are. We're on Facebook as well, simulcasting along with our YouTube stream. And, of course, if you're listening on podcast, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us there as well. So it is November 15th. We are underway. Strange things have, uh, have occurred. There was snow outside our house here in the uh, mid-Atlantic area today. We expected snow, just not accumulating snow. And believe it or not, it's already affected some of the schedules. Uh, it's not often that this early in the season we have games that are postponed. Um, for example, New Jersey City uh, had their women's season opener delayed against uh, Pratt Institute. It was snowed out, and they will hope to re reschedule it later. Something happened with the uh, a tournament that was supposed to happen at Drew this weekend. Mont it's heading to Montclair State in women's basketball. We'll talk to the aforementioned um, coach uh, about that. It's just interesting, to say the least. If you got so uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those years, I guess. Um, I don't mind. I like snow. I just wasn't prepared for it. We were told it wasn't going to accumulate here, and we got like three some odd inches of snow out there. So it made for the, a rather interesting day. Uh, forgive the uh, little bit of the rough shave. Got a long weekend ahead of basketball games, and so I decided not to rip up the, the face today, so I hope you don't mind. We're also drinking the, uh, the tea to make sure we're uh, mm, good and ready to go for the, uh, for the weekend as well. So let's see. We already have had some uh, upsets, which we have certainly talked about often um, on the previous shows. If you missed it, I apologize. It's been a pretty popular topic. Um, we, uh, we've had some other results. We'll double check, believe it or not. Uh, our friend Daryl's already gotten his top 25, uh, what do we call it, um, recap uh, week that was type thing set and running. And we usually do that at the beginning of the show. But let's give you a quick recap of what we're going to cover tonight. Later on in this first hour, we're going to talk to the Women's Basketball Committee Chair, Karen Harvey. She's the head coach at Mount uh, Montclair State. She has been on the show other times, so she'll be coming on as committee chair. She's entering her third year, though she just re-upped for, uh, for her official term as Atlantic Region Representative. She took over for Dave Martin, the Athletics Director then at Misericordia, who left and went to Scranton. She took over for him, but because he was more than halfway through his tenure, she took over and doesn't, it doesn't count as having um, been on the committee for four years. So she officially is now in her first term, as it were, or her first four-year term. So she could conceivably end up serving six years on the committee. Who knows? We, we, I don't expect to ask her that question, but we may dive into it. But she is committee chair, taking over uh, from Bobby Morgan, who was the head coach. 
uh, basketball coach, who is a head coach, coach at Haverford, but was in her final year last year as committee chair, well, final year on the committee as well. So she takes over, and we'll talk to her about who may be new on the committee, who's replaced whom, and what they're expecting this year. It's the first of our two committee chair interviews. The next one will take place a week from Sunday, November 25th, when Sam Atkinson will join us here in studio to answer your questions and talk about things. Also later in the program, we will talk to Ohio Northern men's basketball coach about not only his All-American, but really uh, how everything else is going with him. Um, I, I expect maybe the polar bear is a surprise, and Rich Benzman will uh, join us to talk about whether I might be on the right track there, or he'll act coy <laughs> and not discuss it. And we'll also talk to... Emory and Henry women's basketball coach and Crutchfield team is nationally ranked for the very first time. They got a big win over a nationally ranked opponent in the opener, got another big win over a strong Maryville squad, and they head to Randolph-Macon not to play conference games, but conference games are around the corner as well. So Ann Crutchfield will join me here on the show to discuss all of that. Lots to cover on the show. Again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or, or, you, or, or mention us at Hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can um, email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com as well. Uh, and on Facebook, we will try and monitor the chat room in there if anybody is there. Speaking of which, I will take a uh, what they call a quick gander and see if there's anything in there. Um, whoops, I just lost it, actually. I apologize. I accidentally closed it. I think I saw it maybe uh, having some issues. We are using a new service to help stream our stream, and so we're hoping it's working. We're going to double-check here momentarily. Um, we also have the tough news that we dealt with yesterday out of uh, New England. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, I want to make sure things are working on our end here for your enjoyment. YouTube, I see uh, Dan Tome, the unit. Oshkosh Uni looks good. It does look good, sir. It does look good. Um, we think that's where its home will be. We're still kind of playing with the studio. We got more, more um, uniforms to hang and other places to put them. But yeah, I think the Oshkosh uniform looks pretty good back there. As does the Ramapo and as does uh, Brockport. Uh, we got. We've got Greensboro's hidden right now for some reason. I put a seat cushion over it. I, I don't know why I did that. Of course, the Battling Bishops in the center. We also have Nazareth and John Carroll. We have a lot of good ones. Um, so it's fun. It's absolutely fun. Oh, hey, Hachi. How you doing, buddy? How about that D3 kid that threw that elbow? Well, Hachi, now that you mention it, yeah. Woke up yesterday to the <clears throat> news that a... Young gentleman had made a poor decision in a basketball game. If you have not seen the news, which made it around not only Division Three, but, of course, the national news leaders, ESPN, CBS, Fox, TMZ, Yahoo, Bleacher Report, yeah. Fitchburg versus uh, Nichols, who was at Fitchburg, in a non-conference game. And uh, Mr. Platt was a little disappointed in a few things. Let's take a look at the video as we pull that baby up, as you can see it running here. Here's Tracy. This is on offense for Fitzburg. Mr. Platt's going to get the ball here in the corner. He's going to go shoot a three. Doesn't like a no call. Air balls it. And then we go down to the other end of the court on a semi-break and watch what happens in the corner. The corner wide open to Naglia. 
Ooh. You saw that correctly. Personal foul there against Platt. Called off and clocked the player from Nichols. What makes it worse, in my opinion, is the simple fact that he looked back into the official on the baseline to determine if he was looking at him. That's at least how it looked. And then clocked him. Um, I, I've been somewhat reserved in my thoughts on this topic. Let's start with the fact that the school immediately decided that this young man was to be suspended. They actually banned him from campus, which was honestly somewhat surprising. They have indefinitely suspended him from the team. They've actually removed him from the online roster, and he's going through the disciplinary program that is part of the college. Um, I'm impressed with the school's response. I'm not impressed with Mr. Platt's response, or I should say actions. I'm very impressed with Nichols' reactions. Um, pretty un pretty unreal. But let's uh, let's uh, let's look at what I had to say. Um, for the most part, for those wondering my opinion about the D three hoops player who clocked an opponent, I applaud the steps taken by Fitchburg State as an institution. Too many other institutions have dragged their feet or hoped it didn't happen. They suspended the player indefinitely and banned him from campus. His conduct is being reviewed. I'm also impressed with the op opponent who not only remained calm but didn't seek retribution in the heat of the moment. Too many times an, an incident like that is made worse by the reactions of everyone. I'm beyond disappointed, even angry, at the player who apparently decided to take his frustrations out, re regarding the game or supposed non-call, who knows, by assaulting, and I'm using that in quotes, an opponent. It appears he looked as, to see if the baseline official was watching before launching into the player. Leading with a forearm and then showing apparently no signs of remorse was disgusting. I'm not sure right now how long he should be suspended, but calls to the rest of the season are justified. I certainly don't want to see him on a D3 Hoops court anytime soon. Uh, there is no place for this kind of behavior in sport, let alone Division Three. We have seen a few incidents in the last year or so, including outside of Hoops, and more schools and conferences need to be aggressive, as Fitchburg appears they are being. No excuse. It was premeditated, calculated, and uncalled for in any circumstance, but especially when wearing a uniform which represents a school, conference, Division Three, the NCAA, and more importantly, yourself in the sport. For those of you who have had a few questions regarding my thoughts, there have been some incidents, incidents in Division Three and elsewhere where schools have, in my opinion, soft-pedaled their responses. Uh, we can certainly look to Duke and certainly talk about some problems there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for Duke, but they decided to indefinitely suspend their star player, which turned into a game suspension. But there's also been some instances in Division Three, in other sports especially, where players' conduct during a game has been uncalled for at the slightest level, um, border aligning on ridiculous at the worst level. And from the outside in, it doesn't look like much happens. Now, I could be wrong, but Fitchburg has been very proactive. Now, I can't say what triggered their proactivity 
I don't know if it was because all of a sudden Yahoo Sports, ESPN, and others were giving them a call besides D3Sports.com. But their reaction certainly was aggressive. Banning him from campus was certainly an interesting tactic. I am in no way, shape, or form ever going to want to say that this young gentleman's life should be ruined for this moment. I think he's done enough to, to hurt himself. All I can say is that the decision was poor, and I don't believe he should be on a court anytime soon. I, my words by saying suspended for the rest of the year being justified, I think that's a, a justifiable argument. I don't know if that will be the case, and I don't know if we'll see Mr. Platt on the field or on the court ever again. I don't want the rest of his life ruined by this decision, but at the same time, he must face the consequences. There is absolutely no room for this kind of behavior. We do not take out our frustrations on the game or on the lack of a calls or an opinion of a lack of a call by an official by Cole Cock and a, a, another student athlete, or in some cases that we've seen, other the officials. And that's what we saw here. The player was absolutely crushed. Um, it's hard to say otherwise. I think what makes the good in this decision is the Nichols reaction. The fact that Nate Tanaglia did not get up Granted, he was hurt, but did not get up and chase after the player. The fact that his teammates, many of them may not have seen it. By the way, he nailed the three. <laughs> he nailed the three. Mr. Platt, Kewin Platt, airballed his three, and it looks like if you watch the video, he thinks Tagaglia fouled him. I, man, I've watched that in slow-mo. If it's a foul, it's the ticky-tackiest of fouls, but he wasn't happy about the no-call. Airballs the three by a mile. Taglia buries the three while getting buried himself. But he could have gotten up and retaliated. He did not. His Nichols teammates could have gotten up and or got gone off uh, against Mr. Platt. They did not. The bench stayed on the bench. The coaches remained calmed. That was, hands down, the best reaction I've seen. And don't forget, we can go back to Daniel Webster, where we, there was an on-court uh, moment where a guy headbutted somebody and the entire stands came unglued. Um We've seen other incidences where everything has come unglued. I don't have to go that far back in the NBA's history to see that either. So hats off to those involved for remaining as cool as they should be. And granted, I think some didn't see the incident happen and reacted accordingly. Uh, a couple of things. Um, let's see. This comes from the uh, MASCAC. Uh, interesting enough, Mr. Platt was named Player of the Week in the conference earlier. They rescinded that here's what the commissioner had to say angela bauman the mascac and fitchburg state university take the incident very seriously we are appalled by the actions of the student athlete he's been indefinitely suspended from the team and barred from campus in addition the case is under review by fitchburg state for consideration of further sanctions the mascac has also vacated his player of the week award his behavior goes against mascac's missions which includes good sportsmanship. On behalf of the MASCAC of Fitchburg State, we apologize to Nichols College student-athletes team and institution. Again, he did get Player of the Week. He got named it either Monday or Tuesday morning. So it was weird when you go on the website and you see his name there, and hey, Player of the Week. Oops. They rescinded that. So hats off to them on that, because I think you could make an argument you didn't have to rescind it. It was rewarded based on the earlier week. Yes, I get the calls on why you don't have that. Don't get me wrong. Optically, it looks horrible. 
So, but I'm just saying it's technically you didn't have to remove it, but they did. And hats off. This is what Fitchburg had to say. The Fitchburg State community is appalled by the conduct displayed by two, during Tuesday night's bas- home basketball game. The, the player involved has been indefinitely suspended from the team and barred from campus effective immediately. This was as of yesterday. His behavior is anti-ethical. I hardly ever see that word used. Uh, anti-ethical to our community values and good sportsmanship. Fitchburg State does not tolerate behavior that violates those standards. The case is being reviewed at the student conduct level for consideration of further sanctions. We should point out he was also a ju- uh, he is a, 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 a criminal justice major, which I thought was pretty significant. There was one more thing. I hope I held on to it. I have a bad feeling I may not have, but bear with me here while I quickly try and find it. Uh, We did reach out to Nichols, and Nichols gave us a statement as well. Here we are. This is from Chris Colvin, the athletics director at Nichols College. We are troubled by the unfortunate incident that occurred Tuesday evening's men's basketball game at Fitchburg State University. The Nichols College student-athlete involved was able to complete the game, and we continue to monitor his health. Remember, he got hit in the head. Uh, and came down hard. We are proud of the way our student-athletes handled the incident, and they did not allow it to escalate. We are aware the Fitchburg State Administration is handling the matter. So all all, in, all things considered, well handled by everybody. And I do want to have that out. Not handled well by Q1 Platt, um, but handled by everybody else well. So let, hopefully we can move on from this. Um, it was unfortunate. It is. It was uncalled for. Um... I, I did not want to wake up to a text message with a video clip. <laughs> the second slam was to realize national news had already had it. That certainly didn't like it. Uh, it certainly created the rest of our day, but so be it. That's what happens, and we move on. But um, unfortunate. Uh, I hope we can move on. I think all parties have handled this the best they can. And hopefully we don't see anything down the road where we need to keep talking about this. Again, I don't want to see him on a D3 hoops court anytime soon. Um, anytime soon could mean let's get through the holidays. If he's back in January and the school feels that that's the justification to do, or the MASCAC feels that that's what they want to do, um, that's on them. I, I, I may have an opinion then, depending on how I feel about it, but right now, let's see. He'll serve his time, as it were. Um, he'll, he'll deal with the ramifications of his actions, um, and we'll go from there. If he's on the court next week, I'm I'm going to have a different opinion. But if he if we don't see him until at least January, so be it. Uh, if we don't see him the rest of the year, that's up to the schools. I guess so be it on that token as well. And with that, I would like to move on from the topic, though I'm quite sure some more questions will be asked about it. But we'll move on nonetheless. Speaking of which, Iris got a question. Where's the New Jersey City New Jersey, New Jersey City Jersey? Well, uh, first off. We wanted to get up other jerseys. Second off, we've been promised there might be a new updated version coming to us, Mr. Thor. And if that is the case, we will maybe play a little game. Send us the new one. We'll hang it. The old one, though, is it's actually hiding, if you can spot it, over near my left shoulder. It is hiding. It's, it's, it's not fully displayed, but it's there. Um, all right. So there you go, folks. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, email Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us at Facebook at Facebook.com, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I'm hearing that the video and the audio might be slightly off on YouTube. I can't do anything about it, folks. I am sorry. Um, 
it may be with our new restreaming techniques, and we're going to have to uh, get used to maybe making some adjustments with that. And I apologize if the audio and the video are not in sync on YouTube. I, I, I do apologize. I just don't know if there's anything I can do to truly fix it, especially tonight. Um, the sadder part was these changes we made haven't necessarily helped our computer. So uh, <laughs> back to the drawing board to some degree. All right, so with that note, um, I'm going to double-check, make sure we haven't got any other questions somewhere. I'm sure there, there might be some. And uh, do, 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 do. Again, we have uh, coming up, and speaking of questions, coming up, we got Karen Har uh, Harvey from Montclair State. She's the Women's Basketball Committee Chair. So I'm hoping uh, some people have some uh, questions for her coming up here sometime soon. A reminder, we'll be back on the air Sunday as well, by the way. Uh, next Thursday's Thanksgiving. No, we are not doing a show. Why would you think such a thing? But I think that might be the only show. Well, we're still debating on what we're going to do with the 28th. Might still take that one off or, or do a podcast. As I will be down at the or heading to the Division Three Soccer Championships to be on the call for those. Um, that's the only other show really in question right now between now and the Christmas holidays when we'll take a, a few weeks off. Uh, for that. By the way, uh, back to the Fitchburg story one more time. I did check with an, uh, the head of officiating for Division Three on the mechanics of what happened. He was actually pretty pleased with his officials. I was a little frustrated that we couldn't see the, the, the exact signals after they had the huddle and then talked to coaches. The signals say, hey, it was a flagrant, he's been ejected, all that, because apparently that didn't seem to be a PA announcer at Fitchburg State. Uh, there were broadcasters, but they didn't know what was going on either. Um, but it, that's, I mean, that's almost semantics to some degree when you've had the huddle with the table and the coaches and your fellow referees, a lot of that stuff doesn't really need to happen. So, um, almost one of those conversations with, we'll, we'll keep that. Um, he doesn't have to go too deep into that. Um, oh, Ira says not until next year will we see a new logo or a new Jersey. Well, Fine, we'll find a home for the uh, New Jersey City um, uniform. Even though the uh, women's, the men's basketball team off to a rough start, Mr. Thor. Off to a rough start. Speaking of that top 25 news, we'll cover this before taking a break. On the men's side, Nebraska Wesleyan off to a good start at 2-0. No surprise there. Oshkosh hasn't started. Augustana hasn't started. MIT, Whitworth, Williams, Hamilton, Platteville, Wittenberg, Middlebury, John Carroll, Maryville, all have not started yet. Um, they all start this weekend, which is kind of why we called tonight's show the Season Ratchets Up title. Whitman got its first win over Letourneau. Letourneau actually played a good week out in Northwest Conference, only lost to, to Whitman by 14. Uh, that's That shows a lot more in my mind of how good Letourneau might be. Um, Springfield had a good week, though. Their player, I didn't have that video queued up, I apologize, uh, Jake Ross tweaked his shoulder. I, I'm not going to guess as to what kind of injury he may have had, and we've not reached out, mainly because of Fitchburg State incident, on how Jake is doing. But there's video of him getting rolled on and, and tweaking his left shoulder. I'm not going to speculate on air. I've speculated with friends as to what may have happened. I think it's recoverable. I don't think it's a major injury, but we'll see. But the first loss comes to Hopkins. We mentioned that last show. They lost to York, but they have the sales coming up uh, tomorrow and then uh, in a tournament. And then New Jersey City lost its first game of the season against Stevens, 72-56. I'll be honest, not that impressed with that loss. 
They've got Eastern Mennonite and Bridgewater coming up. St. Olaf, the number 23 team in the country, has lost the first two games out of the gate. They lost to Eclair, then they lost to Stevens Point. It's not going to get easier. They've got Whitworth and George Fox in their next two. Listen, St. Olaf's going to have a very good SOS and other data, like regionally ranked opponents, but it's going to take some lumps here out of the gate. They they easily could start 0-3. I hope they don't start 0-4. I think they got to get that win against George Fox. In the receiving votes category, we mentioned Roanoke lost. They got back on the win side with a win over Clark Summit. Laterno lost to Whitman after beating Willamette, we should point out. They got Shriner and Texas Lutheran ahead. Watch you lost to Webster. And that was certainly an interesting outcome. Lost by eight, 72-64. Cabrini lost to Eastern. Uh, Keene State lost to Springfield, no surprise there. Salem State lost to Keene State in a battle of receiving votes tied for the same amount of points category. And Yeshiva lost their first two. They looked ugly against FDU Florham, blowing an 18-point lead. And then last night, I watched them lose to Ramapo, 72-69, a game in which Yeshiva was leading. Yeshiva was leading in that game late. They could not get the ball inbounded cleanly for the life of them. I think I saw six out-of-bounds plays in the last 20 or 30 seconds, and they couldn't get the ball in clean once. Not once. Ramapo got a hand on it, or Yeshiva couldn't handle it. Nothing against the inbounder. I think it was Katz. Those were not crisp, solid passes. They were. They didn't have enough oomph on them. There were a couple that just seemed like at half speed. And they gave Ramapo a chance. It also didn't hit free throws, I should add. Gave Ramapo a shot. Ramapo hits a, a bank shot. Bank shot. With a guy in their face with two seconds left, then get the steal, right? No, they fouled. Got the how did that happen? I'm free. I'm sorry. I actually literally am forgetting. Oh no, they got the steal. That's right. They got a steal on an inbounds play, a lob over the top that wasn't lobbed nearly enough. Easy steal, timeout called, inbound, bank shot or a fallaway shot in the corner, nothing but net at the buzzer. Yeshiva blew it. Blew it. All right, got that out of the system. We'll talk about the women's scores coming up, and we'll uh, talk more about what's going on. Uh, hey, Dan, you do not have to go watch the Packer game. Oh, come on. You do not need to watch the Packer game. This coming from a Bears fan, just for the record. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, um, Karen Harvey joins us from Montclair State. Wow, that was a long block. I apologize. We should have broken that up. But Karen Harvey will join us. We'll talk women's committee uh, stuff, and then we'll talk about her team. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships just being involved on campus, being a leader. All those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. 
No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. You got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville. Or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Forgive me, i got to get my headset. Our headset fell. Eh, gremlins of the early season and not having a tech guy. Uh, you can email us. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And, of course, many other ways to contact us. And if you've got questions, especially for our next guest, we hope you'll take the opportunity to uh, send them our way. So every year at the beginning of the season, we talk to the national committee chair for both committees to talk about what's going on uh, in Division Three um, with the committees and what they're working on. Obviously, there's not a lot of committee work per se at this time of year, but everything now is going to be talked about in February. So we always like to kind of lay the groundwork with our committee chairs. For the women, we have a new committee chair. Uh, we're, they're into a rotation now of having a new one every year. Don't know if that will stick, but we've had it for a few years now. It is the Montclair women's basketball coach, Karen Harvey, who's technically starting her first full term, and but also her second term. It's confusing. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Karen Harvey. Coach, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Dave, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk about the team and some of the other craziness going on in uh, Jersey uh, coming up. But uh, first and foremost, um, well, congratulations on the uh, chairmanship, I guess. <laughs> Yes, thank you. No, it's really exciting. It's a great honor, you know, especially when you're voted in by your peers. And, you know, I, I Bobby Morgan was a great cheer, chair, and she did a great job leading us. So I'm hoping that I can do the same. I learned a lot from her, and, you know, I'm excited for the opportunity. Uh, if Bobby's listening right now, I think you've got your 20 bucks, and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I kid. Bobby was great. Um, it, 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 does, it does have another coach involved who's a chair, which I, I certainly applaud, but it's another coach who's also probably tournament-bound. Uh, we've seen a rash of these, uh, Whitewater, Haverford, now you. How much are you concerned that when it comes down the nitty-gritty, you might actually be sitting on the sidelines just hoping the committee's able to do their jobs okay? Well, you know, it, it's a, there's always a chance of that, and I took the chair knowing that that would be a chance. You know, I'm in a little different situation this year. I have a really young basketball team. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to say we're not going to be in the tournament. I, I hope we're I hope we're in the tournament, but we've got to make a lot of things happen between now and then. So, um, you know, I didn't want knowing kind of the situation I was in with my team. It seemed like a good opportunity and a good time for me to sort of take over and 
And, you know, we have other things in place should should my team make the tournament sure. and, you know, and I not be able to participate. Absolutely. Uh, nothing against your team, but it's almost like, okay, if I were to take the chairmanship, which year would be better? Uh, <laughs> I kid. But, yeah, I can understand that, that balancing act, too. Everybody wants to be in the tournament, but you do have these other responsibilities. And as we discussed, uh, and we'll discuss in a little bit more, that you, you have to step aside if your team's being discussed. Um, let's let's back up a little bit. Um, the, the first off, there's always rotations. We always lose two members minimum. Technically, that was the Atlantic region this year, uh, where you had served the two years, as we mentioned earlier in the show, for Dave Martin. Technically, your term was quote unquote up. So you got re-upped, re which you can do under the rules. Um, that means there's only one other who needed to be replaced, and that was Bobby Morgan out of the Mid-Atlantic. Am I correct, or am I missing one? No, I think you're off one year. Okay. Um, actually, we, we lost uh, Kelly out of, um, right. out of the Northeast Conference. So that, that that's a big blow there, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Kelly was – so job. Bobby's still on. Nope, Bobby and Kelly are both off. Right, okay, so I am I am completely off is what this means, folks. Dave is completely off. And that's what it is. <laughs> the women's committee, though, has had so much turnover, that's where I'm losing track. Um, we've had so many not fill out their first their full four years, and so I've just lost track with the whole thing, so I apologize for that. So, yeah, you had to replace Bobby out of the Mid-Atlantic, had to replace Kelly out of the Northeast. Yes, yeah, two very strong um, members, very and I know strong. two who yeah. very much helped with the process uh, and two who had teams involved some years and, and some not. Who have replaced them? Um, so the replacement for the Northeast Conference is Michael Williams. He's the head oh. coach at Simmons College. Yes. And then the replacement um, out of Bobby's region is Daniel Fisher, who's the commissioner of the Landmark. Oh, Dan Fisher, yes, absolutely. Yeah. If I had known that the other day. Well, I'll see yeah. him. I'll see him. He's, he lives in, in, the, in the hood, as they say. Um, right. But poor then, Dan. Um, he, I'm going to be saying hi to him a little more than he wants. Go ahead. Right, right. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Dave Petroff, mm -hmm. out of Central, he obviously took a new position, um, and he's working with that, actually, with the, with the stat, with Genius yes. Sports, doing all the new stat stuff. Right. So um, we're still waiting for the announcement. Okay. They're in the final, final announcement of who will take over the Central region. Gotcha. So we okay. will actually have three new members to the National Committee. Yeah, we should mention Dave Petroff, the, the former Sports Information Director, Athletics Director of Communications, I'm not sure what his title was, at, at Edgewood, uh, took right. a job technically out of the NCAA. He's working with Genius Sports, as you pointed out, which right. is the new stat crew program for the NCAA. That's We'll get in the weeds. We can certainly talk about that on a future show, maybe, if anybody's interested. Uh, but he's still revolving around the NCAA, so that's why I say technically. But as a result, right. had to step aside from his role. Uh, Dave was pretty instrumental, though, for this for this committee um karen especially last year because he was one of a very few who doesn't have a team that he has to step aside for even if edgewood was in the conversation he's not a coach uh yeah, and so yeah. a lot of stuff got kind of put on his shoulders last year yeah dave did a great job i mean you know he really helped us at the final four too because he was our stat guy you know what yes. i mean <laughs> do everything about that being an sid is huge yeah so we won't have an sid on the committee so you know that'll be mm. something a hole that we'll have to fill for sure, that was actually super helpful. I'm um, sure to have that when you're running, you know, when you're running the championship. So, but I think we've got a great group. You know, we still have Polly uh, Thompson from yes. uh, the South and Chris Hoffman from the Great Lakes. We have Jim Scheibel from the East. Leslie Irvine is in the West. So we still have a great, experienced 
you know, a great group of people. And, you know, I think we're, you know, as a committee, we're excited and, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to try to do a really great job. We should point out on the men's side, if I'm sure everybody kind of knows this, Sam Atkinson is a chair. He's a sports information director, athletics communications guy. So yes, uh, I've seen how they have certainly made an impact and I've seen a number of sports information directors on other committees um, that have made an impact. And it's great to see the diversity to be sure. Um, right. and we should point out too, again, Karen, Half this committee must be um, administrators of some type. Now, we've talked about on the women's side, and the reason you guys end up with so few people available to do some of the heavy lifting because teams are involved, yourself and others also have a split role. You're not only a head coach, you're also an administrator, and that kind of plays into the numbers a little bit. Right, right. I'm actually not an administrator. Oh, you're not? Oh, I thought you were. I apologize. No. So I think Polly and Chris. Yes. uh, they're both, and obviously Leslie is an athletic director at Pomona Pitzer, and then you know Daniel's a, a, a conference commissioner. So we're a little bit more uh, diverse, I think, this year. Um, you know, which will be good. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry. I thought you had an administrative role, and I've always had that in my head. So I apologize. I'm I guess... gonna have you. I'm gonna have you call my athletic director. Sure. And talk to her about that. Sure. What's the number? How to, how to take care of that for you? Um, all right. So listen, you've had a few years of experience now. Um, you've you've had a Final Four in Atlanta or in uh, in Indy experience. You've had it all. What have you guys done well? But what are you also trying to improve upon? Well, I, you know, I think one of the things that we did early on when I was uh, on the committee is that that um, uh, combined championship, and I, I I think that's one of the things that we have done really well, and that's one of the things that we are continuing um, to work with. Um, the vice president of women's basketball and the NCAA to try to continue that. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that joint championship that we're very proud of. I know Dave, you might not completely agree with that, but I think it's been a great thing for women's basketball. And, and it's something that the committee really feels pretty strongly about that. We want to continue that. Um, and we sort of have something in the works and so does men's basketball as well. So I, you know, me, that's something. Yeah. Let me just quickly say, I, I don't disagree with the idea. I loved it in Indy. I thought the women's was better than the men's and it's, that's our hard sell because men's in Atlanta was pretty outstanding, but with it all being in the same facility and the crowd just felt more involved with the D three game. My right. concern is the schedule. My, my only concern is the schedule. Right. The, the women had it and the, the women had a shorter one. They had a five week, the men had a six week postseason, and And that's my only concern. I love the premise outside of that. I just hope we can maybe find some way of solving the tournament so that we're not dragging it out or having these two teams at the end sitting on their heels for two weeks. That's right. my only caveat. That's it. Yeah, and that, and I guess that's, there is always going to be a downside. I guess that's one of the downsides of it. But so many positive things came from that combined championship that you know my committee felt really strongly that that's something that we try to push forward and continue with and we're, you know, our goal is to have one more combined championship over the next five years, and mm-hmm. we're putting some things in place for that. And, um, you know, it'll, it, it'll be a little bit down the road, but, I, you know, I, I feel confident that that's hopefully something that we can get accomplished. And, and depending on how the calendar falls is kind of how much time is in between. Yeah, I, we should point out, we mentioned this before, there's a push from the President's Council, I think now, I think the President's, I know it's gone past management's, I think President's Council to have at least one before twenty. Uh, 2020, no, 2024, and then another yeah. one by before 2030. So I know they're in the books. The other thing, too, right. I, I want to point out, and this is more men's side, we got to have the right city. 
women, again, we can all have it in the same facility. That's awesome. It, it makes it easier for everybody. They get to enjoy it. The men have are using two different facilities because we don't want to be in a 70,000-seat arena. Um, and having those things close to each other, I think, is key. But we're, we're diving into the weeds here. Um, anything else, that, though, moving into this year, especially as chair, that you're hoping that you guys can improve upon? Well, I think two things. I mean, one, first of all, we're really excited to be going back to to going to Salem for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, the men have had a long history of hosting in Salem, and and um, you know, just having my limit the, the the few times that I've interacted with the people with Salem already, uh, I'm super excited. I think that's going to be phenomenal. So we're really excited about that. And one of the things we're really working hard at is that grassroots marketing and increasing attendance and trying to. Um, have some events. You know, we're working on a fan fest event outside of cool. the championship that will draw in, uh, you know, more attendance and and really hopefully provide a better experience for our student athletes. So I think that's one thing that we're really committed to, you know. And then the other thing, legislation wise, uh, the basketball committee put forward a recommendation for those for that first round matchup in the NCAA tournament to not be conference opponents. Um, and I'm sure, Dave, you know the history of this and you know what I'm talking about. But obviously the people at the Northwest Conference and, and sometimes Texas are both really affected by this. And, and so that's a budgetary issue. Um, <laughs> so we have uh, first we have round or first weekend. First round is okay. what we, you know, obviously we would love it to be first weekend. And if it was up to, <laughs> you know, if it that's was another budgetary us, conversation. Right, right. If it was up to us. Dave, you know, that's what we did. But, you know, sometimes you got to take one small step forward to get to that, you know, main goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be the end goal, you know, is to have it be first weekend. But right now we're working on first round. Um, and, you know, uh, we have a proposal in place and are put forward and, and they're reviewing it. And, and uh, you know, it, it obviously we affect more than just women's basketball. That would be that would have effect on sports across the board. So, I think that's something that my committee is working really hard at. And, and if we could get that accomplished, I think that would be a big win for, like I said, especially the Northwest and, and the, and the uh, South. Um, and, you know, that would be a good positive step forward. And then we can, you know, always go back and work on it some more. Let me ask you this. Um, I always was under the impression that whether it was legislated or not, you don't want conference games in that first round. Are we don't. Is this no, kind of a, not a ploy almost to force the hand to make sure you don't get them? And in the case of three Northwest Conference teams, you get the right to ship one out? That's exactly the idea. Okay. That's where it becomes a budget issue. So, gotcha. you know, obviously, we're, we, we do the best we can with the bracket, but we're under some constraints. You know, we right. have to have minimum flights, minimum travel, minimum missed class time. So that's what happens in the Northwest. And, 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 you know, because in the other regions, there's so many schools. And there's so many more options, we can avoid that. Mm -hmm. But in the Northwest, that generally means it's another flight. Right. And that, that equals, you know, money. So, um, you know, so like I said, we're working really hard with the NCAA. The NCAA and, uh, like I said, Liz, Vice President of Women's Basketball, is very receptive to this. And, you know, we've got to work through some steps on this. But we're, yeah. you know, we're hopeful that this would be a first positive step for those teams out in the north, uh, Northwest and, and perhaps, you know, teams down in Texas that could affect them as well. So that, that's a fascinating it's apply to everyone, but oh, you sure. know what I'm saying? Those are the teams that it affects the most. No, I like it. And, 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 you know, it's a, it's a little gamesmanship to be honest, because you literally are going to make sure a Northwest, if you were in that situation in the last few years where we've had three Northwest conference teams, those are the most, that's the prime example for, I mean, there's yep. other scenarios, but that's the prime example. 
you force the hand. You force making sure that we split at least one of those out of there. It's still unfortunate exactly. for two of them, but you still make a. And I, I applaud that. That, that I'll be fascinated to hear if, if that can be um, approved because that would make that would shift things a little bit for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, we hope so. And we, you know, we'll have, um, you know, there's some budget stuff going in, and then that'll be reviewed in February. So, you know, it could be something. You know, I don't know if it'd be something that can get in place this year, but it could be something that gets in place next year. And, yeah. and we're really hopeful that that would be a positive, a real positive thing for our committee to do. You know, something substantial, yeah. really. Sometimes it's it's it may not be effective this year, but it's a big step for in, in any direction. We'll take it whenever we can get it. So Absolutely. anything else you want to stress uh, heading into to the holidays here? I mean, again, we don't have regional rankings around the corner. We, we It's not like your committee is doing a ton of work right now. But we all know the game today means just as much as it does in February. We preach that nonstop every season. But is there anything from your point of view that, that you're trying to, to make sure everybody else knows or that you're telling your own committee? Oh, I, you know, not really, Dave. I, it, it's, it's true what you said. And, I, and hopefully, like, people are starting to understand how it works and starting to get the theme of it. Like, the, you know, the game you play in November, whatever your first game is, that game is just as important as the game you play in February. So, you know, the way schedules are set up and, and, you know, and your opponents and those regional games and, and trying to go in, out and find the best competition to play and to put your team. You know, this is what I say. I don't know if I say this to the committee, but this is what I say to my team. You know, when we're doing scheduling, I say, listen, I try to put ourselves in a position. We obviously want to try to win our conference, but if not, we want to put ourselves in a position to get an at-large bid. And to do that, you need a certain strength of schedule. You need to try to have a win or some wins against a ranked opponent, you know, and some of it's a guessing game. So, you know, you don't know how a team's going to be from year to year, but you try your best to put a schedule together that will put your team in a position to have an opportunity, you know, to get ranked in the region and to have a good strength of schedule and, you know, to maybe have pick up a, a regional win or two. So, you know, you need to be very thoughtful about who you're playing and, you know, and and put a lot of effort and energy into that. We'll be talking to Karen and Sam quite a bit during the season. We always have them later in the year, so I don't want to dive too much further in. But one other thing I wanted to touch on was um, every couple of years, the committee chairs do tend to get together at the NCAA level, uh, share notes, compare what you know what they want to do. Um, sometimes you're also communicating outside of that. You, you know, the men's committee and the women's committee. I know sometimes chat, sometimes other. You might know somebody else on other sporting committees. What have you gathered um, that other committees do that maybe you want to incorporate, or what have you shared with others how, you know, about the process that we should know about? Or, or is there something, like I alluded to, that maybe you guys have pulled in to better understand this, this data and, and to, to do, I don't want to say a better job, but you're always trying to do better. So, Right. Um, I, I think, you know, really what we've been collaborating on mostly is this combined championship because that's a men's and women's basketball both uh, effort. Um, and then, you know, this, this legislation for this first-round matchup, I mean, those are kind of been the two things that we've really been collaborating on. There's also some other work going on about new regional alignments. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, we've had some input in that. And then, obviously, the strategic plan for women's basketball, mm -hmm. that's all of women's basketball, all divisions. You know, we've been involved in that. I've been on several calls regarding that. Um, you know, so I think there's actually a lot going on, Dave. And, you know, I think it's all positive for the sport of women's basketball and basketball in general. 
Well, uh, like I said, could talk more and more about this, but then we just waste the whole show, and maybe it'd just be cool for me. So uh, we'll wrap <laughs> we'll wrap it up on that point, committee wise. Let's take a break, if you don't mind, and we'll come back. Let's talk about your team because there's uh, a, f- a few things we want to talk about. You may think right, that you're uh, you're not conference or a turn. You're, you're going to have a tough time getting the tournament this year. That doesn't mean we still don't want to talk to you. So uh, we'll take a quick break uh, from talking to Karen, and when we come back. Uh, we will talk to her more about Montclair State women's basketball. You're listening to Hoops Hole presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoops Hole when we return. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. On there, I see Scott Robbins has uh, asked, uh, made a comment, said, how about that Plattsburgh State starting 2-0 beating Skidmore last night? I would say expected. I knew Plattsburgh would be pretty good. It's why I ranked him in my top 25. Also, Dave Brazelton saying hello from Alabama. Hello, Mr. Brazelton. Good to see you. Rusty Egan tuning in. Appreciate his uh, t- uh, joining us as well. Damian, Justin, Megan, Kim, and Ira, thank you guys for uh, tuning in onto the show. We appreciate you taking the time and hope we're entertaining you. Let's continue our conversation with um, with, with Karen Harvey. This time let's switch gears and let's, let's talk about the team. And uh, she joins us once again on the Hoopsville Hotline, all regarding now Montclair. And first off, Coach, you're off to a, at least a good start for a 24th-ranked team in the country. Getting out of the gate is always the toughest part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll take that first one for sure. <laughs> I thought you might. Um, you kind of hinted at the uh, the earlier part. You certainly lost some some players from last year's squad. Uh, I would say. Yeah, just just a couple, two, three. Uh, what what is the biggest thing you need to um, uh, recover from? I guess I, I don't have a better way of asking that. Right. 
Uh, well, I would say this, Dave. Let's put it in perspective. So I have one senior, one junior, hmm. and two sophomore. No, no, four sophomores. Okay. And all the rest freshmen. So Whew. right as of right now, I have four players that played for me before on my team. Wow. Yeah. So we're we're young and we're new and and I like them. You know what I mean? They're working really hard. They we've got some talent. You know, but it, it's just a new system and a new program. And, you know, when you have seven freshmen who've never played college basketball before, there's a lot of learning to do. So, you know, we're, we're excited about the future. You know, right now, it doesn't always look like Montclair State basketball, but <laughs> I, uh, 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 you know, I, I think it will. I don't know when, but, you know, I think it will. And, um, and this is a little bit, we're in, you know, we haven't been in this situation in a long time. So, it's a new challenge for us, and everyone's trying to figure it out, including the coaches. Um, <laughs> well, one of the things that did pop out to me is you have a lot of size. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm used to more of a smaller, quicker team, I guess, from you guys, and maybe it's a, it's a, a trick of the eye. But you've got, let's see, I've got three at 5'11". I've got three, four more at six foot or, or taller. That's, that's seven, 5'11", really, five, seven six-footers. If we're unless we're stretching some of those stats, but that's a lot of height for you. Is that well, also yeah, an adjustment? Yeah. Um, no, you know we just got some big guards. You know, I love the, <laughs> I like the I like the long guards. I do. Okay. That's what we try to recruit is those longer guards. And then um, you know we got a great transfer in Kayla Bush. She's a six three post player who you know uh, I'm going to say by February she's going to be shooting the three for me. So. Ooh. Um, yeah, so, you know, like I said, I, I like what we have, and it fits well into our system. It's just, uh, you know, it's just going to take us a little bit to put it together, I think. Got the first win over Hunter, 71-50, back uh, last week on the 12th. Uh, you were yep. supposed to be heading to Drew University this weekend. Oh, <laughs> no, plans have changed. You're coming home. Yeah. The tournament yeah, has we... shifted to your place. What is that all about? This can't be weather-related, is it? Yeah, well, you know what? I got a phone call from my pal John Olinowski, the head coach over at Drew. We're 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 buddies. He's a great guy, and he let, I got a voicemail from him this morning, Dave. It said, "Karen, we have a problem. You need to call me." Oh, so I was like, "Uh oh, that's not and, what you uh, want to hear." No, I was like, uh, "John," and he goes, "We cannot host." So they have a facility problem. Oh no. Um, and he said, "I want to move the tournament to Montclair." I'm like, "Oh boy." Please, 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 please. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm lucky. Holly Guerra, 30-year athletic director. She is the best. I tell you what. I called her. I said, Holly, don't freak out. But what do you think about this? And, uh, you know, within within an hour, we had it kind of put together. And, you know, we got a lot of people that are obviously staff that are going to have to really step up. And Drew's doing, you know, Drew's going to bring some people over. And we're just going to kind of run a combined tournament. And, uh, you know, if we didn't do it, Four teams would be out right. games, so right. we don't want to do that, you know. No. So, yeah, interesting, uh, fascinating to say the least. You'll play take on St. Lawrence. Uh, obviously, Drew's the other one. Who's the Who's the fourth team? I didn't, I didn't even check. Uh, on that. Albertus Magnus. Okay, yeah. So, uh, I, I was sitting here going, listen. I know the the nor'easter heading up the East Coast is definitely overperforming. It is a lot bigger and nastier <laughs> than people thought it was. But there's no way that had to do anything no. with anything. <laughs> Uh, fascinating term of events. Um, you won't get much of a break. You'll you'll get right into conference play after that. Two days later, we should point out when you'll take on William Patterson with one T, um, right. and then a non-conference play against Stevens, and then back in a conference play. And and you really are going to get into conference play here. Ramapo, Kane, New Jersey City, 
uh, TCNJ and Rutgers Newark, you're going you're to take on some, some early tests here early on this season. Absolutely. What do you expect from the conference this year? Because the last couple of years, they've started nipping at your heels. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, no, yeah. We're not the best team in the conference. I'll tell you that right Ooh. now. <laughs> breaking no, news, no, everybody. No. Breaking news. No, no. TCNJ, I, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that TCNJ is the best team in the conference. That's, that's what I would wow. think. Wow, okay. Um, they have a ton of talent back. They're really well coached. Uh, you know, they've got a bunch of experienced players, and I think that they're going to be very, very tough. Very, very tough. I haven't seen them play yet, but I that would be my guess. Um, they're going to be pretty tough, but you know, William Patterson has got everybody back. That's who we have on Tuesday. Um, you know, but I got to tell you right now, I'm just worried about St. Lawrence. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen them play, Dave, but they're a really good basketball team. And they talk yeah. about size. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, they've been improving. They're huge. Yeah, they've, yeah. Been, they've definitely been improving 17-9 and nine after a 9-15 and 15 campaign and off to yep. a start with a win over Potsdam to, to get things going. So, yeah, I, I know you're yeah. focused on St. Lawrence, but come on, Coach, we're not going to talk to you until January. i got to get some conference stuff in here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you know how this works. <laughs> um, well, did you see what Stevens did too? Because you didn't mention them, but I have them nope. in between. Yeah, I have William Patterson Stevens. Right. Post, so, yeah. Yeah, they're only yeah. off to a two and zero start with wins over West Con and, and Catholic. Now you know nothing, yeah. nothing shaky yeah. about that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So in other words, Coach, uh, you are not shying away from a tough schedule, which I applaud. I, I, I like teams who go out there and do that. I I get frustrated with the teams that just kind of. Grab anybody and, and, and pretend that that's getting themselves ready. Now, I know some schools, extenuating circumstances. We talked to G.P. Gromacki about that in the past. But, right. you know, I, I applaud you going out there because the other thing, too, is you're doing not only preparing for conference play, but you know from the committee this stuff's important. SOS and re- regionally ranked opponents and, and common opponents and all of these things are really important when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have Brooklyn on our schedule. They're always really good. And then, uh, of course, the schedule I couldn't control was that St. Pete right. tournament. And I got I got Wisconsin, Lutheran, and Albright. So yeah, uh, they're kind of good. Yes, I don't have any, you know, uh, there's <laughs> nothing. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that uh, Wisconsin, Lutheran one. I would tell you to come out to the D3 Hoops Classic one in Vegas, but you're not going to have control there either because we're going to give you some good ones too. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to work out some way against you, uh, no matter how you do it. So how do you yeah. prepare your team, though, for what is uh, – let's be honest, you've got a bit of a grind here because you've got, you got five games coming up in a span of, uh, what, 11 days, and, and, you're, and you're deep into conference play. You're going to have a, a good chunk of games here before they get a break or even before they go to, to Florida. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, def- definitely. No, you know, we're just um, – I mean, I, I know, Dave, you want me to say something special here, but yeah. I, I just say we're, we're kind of trying to take it one day at a time. Oh. I can't, they're young. I can't overwhelm them. Like, I really can't. Like, I just got to – I can't really – I haven't even talked about conference with them yet because we sure. got this turn we got to focus on. And, and we're just going to try to get, like, one inch better every day. Um, and and we, we have a lot of work to do. Like I said, gotcha. it, 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 it doesn't exactly look like Montclair State Basel just yet. But it will. <laughs> it will. I, I, it will. I promise you. Hey, sometimes winning ugly is the same as winning pretty. Yeah. It's still a win yeah. in the win column. Uh, hey, it clicks, it's going to be pretty good. Well, you only gave me like one or two coach speaks in there, so I don't mind. It's fine. We're good. Uh, one game at a time. We'll let that one slide for now. Uh, Karen, thanks for so much for joining me. I look forward to talking to you uh, in was it late January, early February, when we get regional rankings rolling and then at the end of the season and conversing in the meantime. Have fun as a chair. Have fun as coaching this year. As always, you give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? 
No, uh, Dave, no, just appreciate everything you do for women's basketball. And I always love being on your show. It's always so much fun. And uh, if you send someone to get my car off campus <laughs> so I can go home, that'd be great, too. <laughs> uh, there are a few people in New Jersey who are listening to the show right now. <laughs> You've heard the request out of Montclair, folks. Karen needs to get her car, which is apparently not around the corner. Uh, I wish you all luck because I can only imagine what five inches of snow has done to your neck of the woods. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tra- traveling in that neck of the woods is tough enough. Uh, thanks. Take care of yourself. Have fun this weekend. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Karen Harvey joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline from Montclair State. Again, their tournament at home, not at Drew. They'll take on St. Lawrence and then the winner of Drew or Albertus Magnus on, uh, let's see, those are our Saturday, Sunday. And then uh, Tuesday, start conference play against William Patterson. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, the following Monday, Stevens and then Rambo. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a schedule. We'll take another break. When we come back, switch gears. We'll talk men's basketball. We'll go to Ohio Northern, talk to their head coach. We've not talked to Ohio Northern since Damon Goodwin stepped down as head coach. We'll talk to them about their All-American, their expectations in the OAC, and much more. You're listening to Hoops Hope. presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We hope more hoops will after this. Guess what happened? If you're all familiar with Hoopsville, you know what just happened. Despite all our best efforts, our computer is going to crash here. We will we will keep the stream going. Don't worry about that, folks. Uh, Hoop uh, Facebook may restart on a different stream. I apologize. That's out of our control here. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, if you're seeing us on the stream, welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us. If you are lost us, I apologize. Hopefully you'll come and catch us on Facebook here really darn soon. Uh, if you got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Lots of ways to interact with us. We, again, apologize. We thought we solved our problems. We apparently did not. We will continue to work on said problems. Uh, we have new software. We just haven't had time to get it up and running. We will do our best to do so. I see that we've uh, started a new one. Uh, a new stream, as it were, and so um, on Facebook at least our simulcast. So we will, uh, we will. Uh, hopefully, no one had any issues, but we'll get everybody back up and running. Uh, Iris says, "Stuck in my office in Jersey City." Qu- hashtag send help. Three hours to get home by GPS. You know, I really wish I could feel sorry for all you New Jerseyites who figure that snowstorms don't really mean that much. But you know, I can't. I can't. I don't know what it is about Jersey and snowstorms. My parents have been stuck in more snowstorms in Jersey. I've been stuck in, and it's not us, it's Jersey. And the only worst might be Pennsylvania. Penn Dot, especially north of us. Amazing job. All right, so let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk men's basketball, one of the uh, teams that I've had my eye on. I didn't vote for, uh, admittedly, in the preseason top 25 because I wanted to see where they might be. Only two votes in total for Ohio Northern, but I was kind of interested in seeing what they can do this year. They've got a stud of a player uh, who's in, on the first-team All-America list and we know is going to be good. Man, I, I love watching him play. The question, what else is, is sitting at in Ada, Ohio, that can then can help him out? And then I realized when I was thinking all this, we haven't talked to Ohio Northern, I think, since Damon Goodwin stepped down as head coach. Remember, unfortunately, suffering from... Um, cancer and had to step down as head coach certainly uh sad to say the least um but i figured well then we need an excuse not that we need an excuse but we haven't talked to him let's talk to him so joining us on the hoopsville hotline is their head coach rich benzman and and coach welcome to hoopsville thanks dave appreciate you taking the time um first and foremost I should point out you're entering your second season am i correct or is it are you entering your third I'm, i've lost track a little bit here 
Yeah, this was my third. Third, season. thank you. I miswrote my own note. Um, you you do have a pretty good squad here. The problem is you play in the OAC, and as a result of that, not all the time do you guys see yourself, or, or nobody sees you. Uh, everybody else sees the conference, as it were. Um, you know, John Carroll certainly steals hot headlines. Marietta's been stealing headlines. Mount Union's had its moments. Baldwin Wallace has raised raised to the top. Capital. So, what do you guys need to do, maybe, to to break away from the rest of everybody, or is this going to be another dogfight, and you just hope you can come out alive? <laughs> I, I think it's going to be another dogfight. You know, and that's the OAC. You can't take a night off in the OAC. I mean, if you take a night off, you're going. It's going to be a loss. So that's from top to bottom. Yeah, that's that's certainly the case. We've seen that. Uh, when Marietta or John Carroll's taken anybody lightly, uh, they've they've regretted it immediately. Uh, and I've seen them struggle in a lot of games. The OAC is subtly one of the more competitive conferences uh, in the country. Is there anything – we'll get to the non-conference schedule a little bit. You don't play a conference opponent until December 1st when it will be Mount Union, but is there anything you can do – in the non-conference games to prepare, or is the whole point of those non-conference games to schedule the right opponents to, to prepare? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the the latter is probably the, the more true. I think just the scheduling games so you can get prepared for the OAC. And uh, I think we have a pretty strong schedule this year. Uh, next week we'll, we have, uh, obviously, Denison coming in uh, Saturday, but after that then we got Hope and Worcester in the same week. So I, I think that's a pretty good preparation. Yeah, um, another really good preparation uh, midway through will be coming to the D3Hoops.com Classic in Vegas. I'm not biased or all, at all. Uh, wonderful decision, Coach. Wonderful decision. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. But you've got Linfield, who's been an up-and-coming team in, in the Northwest Conference, and then you're going to have a good battle as from the CCIW in, in North Central. You've got a pretty good competitive non-conference schedule this season uh, with Hope, as you point out, Worcester, Thomas Moore, you guys could be in a very comfortable position come February. Yeah, uh, we just got to make sure that we uh, you know get better every day. That's what we're talking about. Uh, of course, you know you know Ryan Bruns is obviously a special player for us, and uh, we we found our point guard uh, just we just lost Brandon Wall to an ACL tear, so he was a sophomore this year. He was freshman, came in and backed up Nate Berger, who obviously could really play, and um, so that was a little bit of a setback. So we have some. Some youth, maybe some young guys around uh, Ryan, and some guys that have been here that only maybe logged in a couple, maybe half a year, and, and another one in Austin Allmeyer that's now kind of got his legs underneath him and has been and, and logged in some good college minutes. I was going to say Bruns, a heck of a center. I mean, he's a true center. Yes, he can step out and play. Uh, he, he can do very well from beyond the block, but he's got the height and the skill set and what to play center. He gives you a lot, but as any traditional center, he doesn't have the ball in his hands at all times. you got to get him the ball. What does he do well? We'll start there, and then we'll follow up with what do you need to do to get him the ball. But what does he do well that makes him so good? Well, I think he first, just in transition, he runs the floor unbelievably well. I mean, I remember one of his years, he, he blocked a shot, and he was the first one down the floor and, and got the layup. So he, for for a big man, he really runs the floor really well, and he, he's got good feet. So, and, and another thing he's done from high school, he didn't shoot the basketball from the perimeter in high school very much, and uh, he has really worked on that part of his game over the summer. You know, I always talk about 
you know, he's a kid that's really intrinsically motivated. You know, uh, some of these extrinsic awards and some of these you know, things like he's he's he really truly works hard for the love of the game and just to get better for himself. And he did he did a lot of work in the summers, and he's really made himself an old player that now can step out and shoot that three. And uh, so we're trying to move him around in some space to to give him some opportunities where people can't just kind of get down there and poach on him and and make it a little difficult because we play a four round one and then a half motion. So we're just trying different options to you know to make sure that we can kind of play him in space a little bit more. Coach, you still there? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I sorry, my headset's acting up, and I thought maybe I lost you. Um, it was, Opening him up and getting him into space and certainly putting him into different spots will make it difficult in the OAC because the OAC is probably very used to where he's been and will key on that. If you're shifting him around, that's certainly going to make it difficult. But you got to get four other guys to be on the same page too and also compliment him because obviously you don't want double teams to kind of mess things up. What, are the, what does the rest of the team need to do and adjust to help complement Ryan and, and at the same time become that ultra-separate weapon, as it were? Yeah, you know, each team has its identity. It's, yeah. In my first year here, you know, we had guys that logged on a lot of college minutes, and we shot the ball incredibly well um, in, in, in my first season. I think we shot like a 49% from field goal and 42 from three, and then the next year they were pretty similar numbers and 47% field goals and 36% from three. And So we had a lot of guys around him in the first two years but even even last year our team had a different identity from my first year's team because we had a lot of guys that were unproven that kind of rose to the occasion like nate Berger or joey diorio and that, that that proved that they could really do some things for us and i think that's the same this year it's not going to be like last year's team or as two years ago it's going to have its own identity and we're right now that's what we're still working on and uh we we've seen some good things you know, we, we know what we have to work on, but we all see some good things out of some of the young talent that is, has come in. We will start a freshman point guard in Ty Staten and a local kind of a player around here from Elida, Daniel Unruh, will start at the two. So they, they've got to grow up pretty quick, and, and they're kind of gamers. I think they, you know, they're up to the challenge. But we also have a big 6'7 kid in Daniel Donner, 6'7, 200-plus pounds. That he's, he's really, you know, last year he had an injury, and so he only – Got a half a year in, and and uh, this year he's started to look better every day. And he was injured and kind of had to sit out of conditioning, and uh, so he's getting better every day. So there are some pieces to the puzzle, you know, around Ryan. It's just now everyone playing together, and I think that's the fun part of teaching is to get the guys to learn to play together and know, you know, what I, I like what Larry said: stay in your lane, you know. They got to take their shots. They don't take someone else's shot. So know who they are, know who their teammates are, know who's guarding them, and know who's guarding your teammates. And that's kind of what it's all about. And uh, and we're we're forming that identity now. And they're great kids, uh, very coachable, obviously at this level. And um, so it's good. When you um, took over the program, it was obviously for for Damon Goodwin who had to step down. Um, and so it, it, it really was Damon's team for a while. When did you feel – now, we should point out, you were there as assistant, what, about four years prior to taking over as head coach. So you certainly were familiar with the program and familiar with the campus and whatnot. Right. But when did it feel like it finally became your program to some degree, if that makes any sense? When, had, when did you feel comfortable with that? Because some coaches, when they take over, they, you know, they don't know when – they're not sure when they feel, officially feel like they're the head coach, even though they've got it entitled. Does that make sense? Sure it does, Yeah. Um, 
I think you get your stuff in that first year, and uh, you know you have to get your program in and get your system in, and and uh, you know you have a way about doing that. And and because of that, I think we had some setbacks early because you know kids were learning a new system and a new way, and uh, and and you know that was difficult. But once we got that in and got that established each year, it got a little bit better. And I think that's uh, that's kind of the important thing. But once you know, I knew where I was going to go with things and how we were going to get things in, and and we wanted to kind of just have a culture of the past around here. Coach Doherty and, and Coach Campoli, they, they're obviously two very iconic coaches. I, I laugh at the – I have an iconic national championship coach in Joe Campoli who lives just two minutes from the university. So he, he comes over a lot, and, and it's great to have him around. But, you know, we, we talk about family a lot, and we talk about the tradition that was here. They, you know, it's great tradition. and um, But I think it's so well on its way now. So I would have to say – after getting stuff in that first year, about halfway through, we, you know, we started to, we really started to feel like we were doing things the way kind of <laughs> we wanted to do them. Sure. Uh, it takes a while, uh, and, and it's not always uh, easy. Uh, you certainly had success, though, and, and that's what I certainly was, have been the most impressed with, um, is that you've been able to, to kind of, to not resurrect the program. And by the way, I've been saying Damon Goodwin, I, I, my brain is completely fried this this evening, and I apologize. But um, you certainly have been able to put it on an upswing. What's been your trick? What's been your niche or whatever it is that's allowed the Polar Bears program to be so successful so far in your first technically two years? Oh, I, you know, I think we just uh, – it's a program of we. And we talk a lot about – we don't talk a lot about winning and losing. I think we talk about – we focus on the standards that we set for ourselves. You know, and and we focus on practicing and playing with the necessary work ethic and intensity to be successful. So we focus on the standards, not winning and losing. And my first year here, when we dropped a few early, you know, with the wins and the losses, we focused on the standards, not necessarily the wins and losses. And I think just getting guys to come together and to to play together and to be a team as on the basketball floor, but not only on the basketball floor, but off the basketball floor. I mean, we talk a great deal about family, and, and that's, well, like I said, something you know that's been a great tradition here at Ohio Northern University with Coach Doherty and Coach Campoli. So mm. we embrace the tradition. You know, we have a saying that says, drink the water, but remember who dug the well. Ah. We, have a, we have great alumni, uh, and so we embrace the whole sense of family. And we always talk about their home away from home. And uh, and that's kind of how we do things, and I think that makes a difference. I, you know, uh, you know, I think winning and losing are a byproduct, and and they're not the product. I think the product is how you you handle and treat people, and how people, you know, get along and can play together on the floor, and also be a family off the floor. I do want to officially correct myself uh, again. This Damon Goodwin thing's bugging me. Kevin Byrne was the head coach before you took over. Goodwin was at Capital. I don't know how right. I conflated all this information. Coach, you were more than welcome to have hit me upside the head there. I know <laughs> myself better than that. I know the Great Lakes better than that. But somehow, uh, distracted with other things like colds. But I apologize for anybody out there going, what is he talking about? Um, you you now have Denison ahead of you. Uh, you then will go on the road and take on a pretty good hope squad. Home against Worcester, on the road against Thomas More before conference play. We've talked about how important these games are going to be. I know it's one game at a time, but you also have two for some very different types of teams there. You, you it's it's not like you can kind of see a similar style as much as the Great Lakes has been big guys and stuff like that. Hope plays different than Denison 
who certainly plays different than than Worcester, who's going to play different than Thomas Moore. How difficult is it in these ne- in this next week, essentially week and a half, to play these games as you go into conference play? Yeah, I think it's a great challenge, I and mean, we we want to really embrace it. And that's kind of part of it. You're going to play a lot of different kind of styles, really, within the OEC conference. And uh, so we kind of, you know, with I know what we're going to get when Bob Galoni brings the, the Denison squad here. I actually lost to a regional final game to him when I was a high school coach, and he was a high school coach. So, uh, you know, they're very disciplined, and they're very well coached. And, you know, so it's just one of those that we take. We do. I mean, I know it's cliche, but we do take them one at a time, and, and we're all focused on Saturday now, and uh, and then then we'll focus on hope. But that's kind of how we we approach it. And we talk about us a lot, though, as well. Like after the game, we'll do a series on us mm-hmm. and kind of break some things down. And and my assistant coach Matt Winters will be preparing a, a scout on our next opponent. And then we we get another film session the next day. We talk about them. So the us part's pretty important. I mean, and and. We, we've got to get better at doing some of the little things and some of the things that we need to do and we can control no matter who we're playing or what kind of style of team we're playing. So we do talk about us a great deal. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on and talking about us, for, <laughs> for lack of a better term. That's a great way of saying it. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing how this OAC battle plays out this year. I, it, we always wonder who's going to come out on top. Uh, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. I think we're in a not-so-obvious year. And you guys certainly look well positioned, and I really look forward to seeing you out in Vegas. Uh, you sh- you, we look forward to having you out there and having a good time and getting to meet you and all that. Uh, as always, though, on this show, we give the tr- a tradition of ours is we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, I'd like to just echo kind of what Larry Anderson said. I think you, they do a great job in just to bring awareness to D3, and I think that's fantastic, and, it, you know, it's very important. And the other thing I – you know what? I, I'm blessed to be around a lot of good people here at Ohio Northern, a lot of good coaches, um, and that, that are very successful, and that makes it very enjoyable for me. I talked about family, and not only with our team within our program, but I, I think we feel that way a great deal here with our coaching staff. And at any time we have a chance to bounce ideas off each other and, and talk with each other. I was just in Michelle Duran's office <laughs> earlier today talking about some things because obviously. She's she's really got it going here and has had great success and but that's been enjoyable for me so I w- I'd like to thank you for what you've doing for D three and I, I'm I'm real happy that I have a family here of coaches staff that knowing you well well said uh, Michelle Duran a great coach we I think she might have been the reason you got out to Vegas would I be correct Yep Yep I had a yep. feeling I was <laughs> was definitely thinking about it and and she uh, you know we we talked about it a great deal we thought it would be very good for our team very good for our program very good for Ryan Bruns and and uh, yeah and that's kind of what it was kind of why we we decided to do it I can't wait to see Ryan out there hey have, do me a favor just for one minute have him be the only guy on the floor just want to see what he can do against five others uh, <laughs> no I'm kidding I'm yeah kidding. I know uh, thank you so much Rich I really appreciate it take care of yourself uh, and uh, good luck we'll see you in in December and take care. All right, thanks, Dave. No problem. Rich Benzman joining us here on Hoopsville. I really I want to go back. I don't make those kinds of mistakes often. Clearly, I made a major one there. The Damon Goodwin reference, I don't know how it got into my head. He's the former head coach at Capitol. Um, <laughs> not former. He, he was the head coach who had to step down. Hey, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't know where I conflated into Ohio Northern. It's a, a stupid mistake on my part. I should know better. And I apologize for anybody who's listening to the show going, what is he talking about? Once in a while, you ever get one of those thoughts in your head and it just sticks and you don't know where it came from and, and it's nothing's telling you you're wrong? 
I think that's what happened there. So I apologize um, to everybody out there. Clearly a mistake. Uh, before we go to break, quick note, 620 left to go in the game. We'll keep an eye on this one on live stats. Endicott is leading number five MIT 80 to 63. Uh, make that 83-66 with 508 left in MIT's home opener. Endicott is laying the wood to the engineers right now. If anyone gets the joke, 8367, 508 left. We'll keep an eye on that one. We'll take another break. When we come back, answer a couple of quick questions. Got another coach. Actually, you know what? We'll go to the coach interview next and then we'll wrap up things. Come back. We'll switch back to women's basketball. Talk to Emory and Henry head coach and Crutchfield. First time ever head coach or top 25 program. And they've got a heck of a schedule too. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. And once again, our system has crashed, so we will, uh, after the break, uh, come back and get this up and running. And clearly, the... And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Thursday evening. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. And thank you, as always, for joining us either live or on demand or via the podcast. All right, so let's talk about another team that is certainly um, maybe in uncharted territories, might be a good way of saying it. Uh, Emory and Henry, women's basketball, top 25 preseason ranking, first time they've ever been ranked in the top 25. They they joined Randolph-Macon uh, in there for the ODAC, and Ann Crutchfield certainly has uh, a good squad on her hand, it would appear, but at the same time, she's just a little bit busier than usual. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned and Crutchfield. And Coach, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. We should point out we're pre-taping this because you are on your way, um, probably trailing the Nor'easter, uh, to get up to uh, Ashland, Virginia, Randolph-Macon, the aforementioned. Not to play them, but you'll get to see them. You'll, you'll play in a tournament this weekend. So I want to thank you for taking that time. Oh, no problem at all. Glad to do it. Um, so first and foremost, you're the preseason top 25, a little bit of love and attention for the the Wasps, and certainly the first time ever in program history. Just on that alone, you're probably pretty proud of the program. Oh, absolutely. We couldn't be uh, more excited about uh, being part of the top 25 for the first time uh, ever in, in uh, women's basketball here at Emory & Henry. Um, really humbled by the, by the recognition that we're receiving. I know our kids have worked really hard, so it's it's very nice to see uh, the, the kids getting some love uh, from the rest of uh, D3 basketball, and we're just excited to be there. You're sitting number uh, 23, I believe, with uh, Randolph-Macon sitting at 25. So the ODAC, too, uh, we've talked about this in the past, how the ODAC on the men's side's always gotten a lot of attention, considered for a long time one of the top five conferences maybe in the country. The women's side, it's kind of been uh, an afterthought maybe, or, or at least not discussed as much. Two teams in the preseason top 25. Seems like that conversation about what is going on in the ODAC has changed as well. Well, it certainly has. The ODAC is a very competitive conference. Uh, I think uh, every every conference game that you have, you have to be ready to play. There's certainly an advantage to playing at home with all of our ODAC teams. Um, all of them are very tightly contested. And I'm glad to see that the ODAC is getting the recognition that it deserves. I mean, we've had some great teams in the ODAC here for a while. When you look at Randolph-Macon and Lynchburg, uh, Guilford, we've just had some really super teams. Eastern Mennonite has been super competitive. And now with Ferrum into the ODAC, uh, it's just a great D3 conference. Obviously, a lot of the attention has been on Randolph-Macon and their, their center. 
But when I look at your roster, I see a lot of size. And I know it's only two games into the season, but your top three scores at the very least, Sidney McKinney, Peyton Williams, and Taylor Blevins, all have height, all have size. Blevins is 6'1", McKinney's 5'10", uh, Williams 5'10". You certainly have brought that size game to this a little bit as well, and that's got to be an advantage because not a lot of programs have that much size inside. Yeah, we've been really fortunate over the last several years to be able to recruit some height to our program. Um, it, if you're going to play in the ODAC, you have to have that length. We have great shooters in our conference, and uh, now we've had some great post players over the last several years. But it takes a special kind of athlete, I think, to play for us. We like to play a very fast-paced game. We like to press, and we're up and down the court. So not only do we need the length, but we have to have post players that are very mobile and that can run the floor, and uh, all three of those can certainly do that. And we should mention Lake and Blackburn as well, another senior uh, in your top five scores, again, through two games, 5'11". Um, I feel almost bad for uh, my, Maishka, Maisha sorry, Logan, who's 5'3". She's, she's, she's the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, uh, we we laugh sometimes and when we're in the huddle. It's it's easy to lose my in the huddle sometimes. But uh, she has a way of finding her way out, and she's done a tremendous job helping us run the show so far. Yeah, your first two games, you got a thrilling game uh, win over Marymount at Marymount, 58-56, came right down to the end. And then you went to a tough Maryville squad last night. And uh, really impressed with a 61-49 victory. Now, you've, you've, you've road ground some of these a little bit. You're, you've been on the road for all of this. But you've played some really tough competition there and come out with some solid victories. You, that, you couldn't ask for a better start. No, we're, we're just thrilled about where we are right now. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we like to do is we like to schedule uh, tough. Uh, you know, we want to... We always feel like uh, if we can have a really great non-conference schedule, that's going to do what the the best to help us prepare for our conference play, and help us to uh, to find out the things that we really need to work on. That's going to push us every day, and that we're going to have to stretch uh, to get those big wins. And we feel like that's uh, the method we've used for scheduling over the last couple of years, and it's really paid off in late February when we needed to be able to rise to the occasion. So. To get the win over Marymount on the road, that was huge. They're just a great team, and they're they're certainly going to be super competitive. And though Maribel's very young, um, always competitive. Uh, Darren Trevillian just does a super job with the with his team there at Maribel, and uh, that was a really great game for us. And yeah, we should point out, you don't actually have a home game until December fourth. Uh, you you <laughs> decided to coach did that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, who's getting fired tomorrow? Um, <laughs> no, but. That you talk about the challenges and needing to win on the road. You do. I mean, you have to win uh, when you play in the ro- in the ODAC tournament because you're going to be on the road at Salem. And you're not going to necessarily be at home and take advantage of that, especially if you're one of the top teams. Um, so you need to get used to this road kind of warrior mentality. And so it seems to make sense here at the beginning of the season to, to maybe schedule a little bit more difficultly, not only teams, but where? Well, I think this week is a prime example. We uh, have uh, three three games in, in four days. Yeah. And, you know, that is about as close as you can get to really uh, simulating what the ODAC tournament would be like. Uh, you have to be able to play back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to be able to put uh, good game plans together and be able to execute those without a lot of practice in between if you're going to be able to go deep in the tournament. And Really, that's what we're working for uh, here in, in November is to try to, you know, get the experience that we need so that uh, as we go down the stretch, we'll be able to draw from those experiences and be able to perform at a high level. 
how do you prepare the team? You talk about the the amount of games here. Um, we certainly know you're heading off to Roanoke or Randolph Macon. I keep doing that um, ahead of time for this tournament. You could, I mean, I guess conceivably do it differently, but how do you prepare them for coming off the road with Maryville, immediately getting back on the road to go to Randolph-Macon, playing two games there, and then turning around? You you weren't that far from Maryville. I mean, it's what, about two and, what, two and a half, two three hours, hours drive? Right. Yeah. So, you know, you're not too far, but it's still, go play a game, come home. Now tonight we're heading the road again, heading up the Randolph-Macon, playing a couple games and heading home. I mean, you got to prepare this team for that a little bit. Well, one of the things we talk about from day one is that we want to be able to play tough competition um, in tough environments with tough turnarounds. And I think this week's schedule really, really speaks to that. And we feel like that, uh, that the tougher we can make it on ourselves here early in the season, that, like I said, is going to give us the experience that we need later on to be able to draw from. Uh, one of the things I'm really uh, proud about this team is we have some depth and, and it really lets our players that, that are on the bench, some know that they really have to be ready to step up uh, when you're playing a schedule like this. And we have to be able to go deep in the bench to be able to play at the level we need to play uh, this week. And I think it just does a lot to get us prepared. You'll uh, see Randolph Macon in person there. You will actually play them on December 8th at home. You get right into conference play after this tournament. You'll play on Arcadia and Valley Forge in non-conference play. Then, (laughs) shockingly enough, you're on the road against Shenandoah and then Hollins, <laughs> then Washington and Lee, then home against Farum, Randolph, Macon, and non-conference Averett. So we're getting already into the nitty-gritty things here, even if we did have a slower start to the season. Right. Uh, conference schedule is coming upon us pretty quickly here. Uh, I know that uh, Roanoke and Gilbert have already played their first conference game uh, with the addition of Farum into the ODAC. Uh, it's pushed our conference play a little earlier in the season. So, uh, certainly, we think uh, the game with Randolph-Macon will be a big game here. Um, you know, we were picked one and two in the conference early on, so I think it's a big game. And again, uh, you know, playing at home is such a huge advantage for us. Uh, you know, we have a great fan base here, our students and our community just so 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 supportive of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think to have them here um, will really make a difference for us. What are the true expectations for this team this year? I, so, I know the preseason picks of one and two for you and Randolph making in the conference, and obviously top 25 has a lot of a lot of uh, expectations externally. But internally, what are the expectations? Well, I think, you know, there's very high expectations for this team. We're returning six seniors, uh, and we have nine nine players that have uh, significant playing experience off this team. We made it to the conference finals uh, in the tournament last year and won the regular season. And Randolph-Macon was able to um, get the victory in the conference tournament, play a uh, great game. It was, uh, it was a close game all the way down the stretch. But I think all of our, our players feel like there's some unfinished business there. And, you know, I try not to talk about it a lot. We, we talk about uh, the, the only game that matters is the next one on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think the kids feel – to some degree, there's some unfinished business there and, and want to see if we can get back to that conference final again. Well, the other thing, too, is you made the NCAA tournament, took on uh, Roger Williams in the opening round, won by 11, and then lost uh, at Messiah uh, by 13 the next night. What's that taste of the NCAA tournament and that taste of postseason done for this program? Well, to get the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history, that was a huge accomplishment for us. But, uh, 
you know, our our players and our team have, have gotten a taste of that now and, and certainly want to go back. And so we're working really hard to get back to that level and just excited to be able to play on a national level and, and bring some notoriety to Emory and Henry. And, and it's a great place, and we love it a lot. And we're just super proud and humbled to be able to rep- represent Emory and Henry at that level. We indicated you were a little bit busier than normal at the beginning of this program, and we should probably uh, mention that. You've also become the interim athletics director uh, at ENH, just a just a few extra things on your on your plate, Coach. <laughs> just a few. How's that experience been, and 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 what have you wanted? Is it is it everything you've dreamed of? <laughs> well, it's certainly different being yeah. on the administrative side. It certainly gives you a different perspective of, of working with athletics, uh, just the the business end of athletics, and then working with other coaches and other programs which has really, I think, helped me in terms of working with my own program to have the opportunity to to work with some other coaches and, and see what they're doing with things here. We've got some other really great programs here at Emory & Henry as well. But, uh, you know, it's certainly been a challenge, uh, but I'm surrounded by amazing people, uh, both administratively and then uh, on our coaching staff too. And everybody's pitched in. It's just definitely been a, a group effort and, and I couldn't be more thankful for the folks that I have here. And our president has really shown a lot of confidence in me and I really appreciate that. And uh, it uh, has definitely been quite a learning experience. I'm for sure. sure. And I'm sure you're leaning on others now that you're into the basketball season so that you can focus on the team. Uh, I assume you have others that can help you with that administratively. We do. Uh, we have uh, two uh, assistant athletic directors, um, Melissa Davis, who's our SWA and head athletic trainer, is taking over some of the administrative uh, roles, but then also Trey McCall, our baseball coach, mm-hmm. who served as interim AD uh, several years ago, has mm-hmm. been able to step in and help with that too. So it's definitely a group effort. He's probably thinking to himself, no, I said no to this, and you've just <laughs> dragged me back in. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate it gives the time. Me something to do till it's sn- till the snow stops. That's true. That's, that, sure. that's true. Especially in your neck of the woods, there's a little bit more snow usually than than most. Absolutely. Uh, well, Coach, I appreciate the time you took, uh, and we uh, we wish you luck this weekend at Randolph and Macon, and then obviously into the ODAC schedule. Congratulations on the success, and we look forward to seeing where the Wasps can go. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in? You know, just want to say thanks for the opportunity to to talk about our team and look forward to the season. Uh, I think it's going to be a great one. Awesome. Coach, well said, and we'll look forward to talking to you sometime down the road. Thank you. Ann Crutchfield joining us from Emory and Henry again. They're off to a 2-0 start with a win over number 16, uh, Marymount, and then a big win over Maryville in non-conference play. A couple more non-conference games here, and then they get into the thick of the ODAC play. Starting on the 25th against Shenandoah, looking forward to seeing how the ODAC shakes out this year with some pretty good basketball. We'll take a break. When we come back, more Hoopsville, obviously. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with more after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. 
I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprinson. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on a trying Thursday evening, the 15th of November. I apologize to anybody who's watching us live. We've been all over the place with our stream. We will work to uh, at least put this all into one nice buttoned-up location for all of you who may be trying to watch it on the archive or missed any of it. We will have the podcast fully available, so don't worry about that. Um, but, yeah, all our efforts to try and make things better, our darn software, which will probably be punted after today. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I've got, like, five basketball games between now and, and Sunday morning. Uh, so... <laughs> It's not like we got a ton of time to work on this stuff, but we will try and find a way to do it and uh, have at least somewhat, I mean, maybe a stripped-down version of the show, but we'll try and find a way to get it going for Sunday. Don't forget, um, next Sunday, the 25th, Sam Atkinson, the men's basketball committee chair, will be in studio to chat with us. If you are able to watch us, we got 15 minutes left of the show here, and... Uh, we uh, look forward to any questions you may have. Uh, our good friend Ira is uh, acting as if he's a, an angry parent. Listen, parents, if you're listening to the show or, or you're watching this show, let me just point out, web streams are not perfect, and, 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 and complaining about they're not working is not going to fix them necessarily. Um, I know some parents feel they pay a lot of money towards school and that the web stream should be there. But let's remember, web streaming takes a lot of money and a lot of manpower. And so um, haul, going off on SIDs and others because it's not working, let's slow the roll. <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Um, but Ira, thanks, buddy. You're giving me a good laugh. Uh, but you're right. Ira says it also stretches out the staff and makes them sad. He's actually right. The worst thing as a production that you can get is this constant barrage of of comments that are negative negative especially when the problems like mine are out of your control well mines are, aren't fully out of control i'm changing the software but for others it's it's completely out of control uh, there are streaming partners that they have who don't live up to expectations and it takes a beating on those staff so treat them nicely uh if you got questions for us tweet us at d3hoopsville hashtag hoopsville Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. 
we uh, we got some updates, um, some scores um, from the hoo-hoo-hoo department. We'll start with MIT, who's going to start the season as number five ranked team in the country, 0-1, losing to Endicott 90-73 to quote Ryan Scott behind the scenes, making a comment, reminding, me, reminding him of when Endicott laid the wood to Middlebury, I think was his reference. Um, cold first half killed them. It was like the way EC beat Middlebury a few years back. Yep. 90-73, the final there. Um... And it got shot 45% from the floor, 53% from beyond the arc. In the meantime, MIT shot 40, 39% from the floor, 24 and a half, 24% from the floor, or from the from the three-point line, I apologize. MIT had 16 turnovers, though Endicott only turned those into 16 points. MIT out-rebounded Endicott by 10, 46-36, but still lost. I'm um, trying to see. MIT had six blocks. Bench points is the big one, though. Endicott, 40 of their 90 points came off the bench, while MIT only had six of its 73 off the bench. Uh, leading scorer was Keith Brown, was 19. Matthew Catazone was 16. Matt McDevitt, 14. And Joe uh, Shel- Shelady for Endicott with 11. Uh, MIT, led by Jomard, 10 of 20. From the floor, two of seven from deep, three for three with five rebounds and 25 points. Tim Roberts, Cameron Korb had 12 each, and Ian Hinckley had 10. So interesting result there, but MIT takes the first loss of the season in the first game of the season. Um, we'll double-check some other scores here, see if anything else jumps out at us. Um, St. Thomas lost to Brooklyn. Brooklyn beat St. Thomas 78-77. That one's going to leave you... Scratching your head just a little bit. Trying to read the tea leaves on that one. Uh, if Ryan's listening to the show, Maine Maritime beat Eastern Nazarene 75-73. Uh, on women's side, I don't think any, we didn't have any big games, I don't think. No, we didn't. No top 25 opponents in action. Uh, I'm trying to see if I see any scores that jump out of me. LaGrange beat um, in transition Division three member Bob Jones 68-64. Speaking of which, I think we're supposed to have a link there. We gotta double check that. I think they're supposed to be in Division Three this year. Um, let's see. No, not a lot of other really interesting games on there. There's oh, well, Harden Simmons beat Southwestern sixty-two forty. So there you go. Those are the scores going on. But obviously, things really ratchet up uh, this weekend. A lot of games tipping off Friday and Saturday, uh, even Sunday. Really will get a, a roar on things. Team of the Week honors for the first time this week will be taken in on Monday. There will, well, I don't think there's a top 25 this week. I believe there's going to be a top 25 next Monday after Thanksgiving. I don't believe we'll have a pre, pre-Thanksgiving top 25. Um, makes some sense to me, but I, we'll, we'll double check that. Um he said, hey, it's Mike Scala. Mike's on here? I didn't know Mike was watching. Um, I know Jim Seavey joined in at one point. Tim Shea, appreciate your uh, uh, joining in uh, despite all the screw-ups. We even started a new program that would uh, would stream for us. <clears throat> that caused its own bug- bugs that we're going to have to get used to, and we will get used to. Um, oh, I got a new cool way to 
following the chat, so that helps. So, yeah, rough show. We probably will wrap this thing up early, actually, because of it. Um, we couldn't certainly would talk about more, but the show just not not going the way we wanted to. We'll be back on the air Sunday at 7 o'clock, and then uh, next Thursday, obviously, for Thanksgiving. Eh, no, not so much. We'll be back then on Sunday the 25th. Uh, Sam Atkinson will be in studio. We're probably on the 29th. I misspoke, said 28th earlier. 29th, um, I, we may... Is it the 29th? Yeah. May do a show. We did it as a podcast the last couple of years. Uh, we will see. Um, I said... I, I, if I said you lost seventy two fifty six, I I apologize. I didn't realize it was seventy six seventy two. I I thought I was reading from something that told me you lost that by that. Oh, you know what? I was reading from a chat board. I bet it was a misprint. Let me check. We can check if it was a misprint. How's that sound? Um, hold on. It might have been a misprint from where I was reading. I was reading from a uh, a list of scores, which is always helpful. Let's see here. New Jersey City. New Jersey City. Where are you? There you are. Oh, no, I just must have misread it. I don't know where I read that score. Yeah, 76-72. And, and, and we should point out, New Jersey City got called for three, was it, illegal screens in the final minute of the game. Um, I did not see the video, so I can't, I can't, I can't tell you anything about it. I don't, I don't know um, whether they were legit, though. I got word that the uh, Stevens broadcasting crew thought it was a little unfair. You don't normally hear that from the home team. Three straight illegal screens called in a one-point game in the final 26 seconds left. I've never seen that before at any level. Well, let's be honest. It can happen. Um, it's not like it can't happen. Uh, illegal screens are illegal screens no matter when they take place in a game. I just don't know if they were legit illegal screens or not because um, I didn't see it. Um, hello, Scott. Thanks for tuning in, sir. I ah, may have logged off. Unfair, Scott. Uh, but it looked like he was there. Anyway, so it's been a rough top 25 start for a lot of teams. Oh, we, we meant to look at the women, so there's a perfect thing we can do here. The women's top 25, a little less topsy-turvy as the men's, as it normally is. Um, but let's take a look at some of the scores there. For example, uh, Amherst, Bowden, Hope, St. Thomas, the top four until tonight, or you know, no period, had not played a game yet. They all, uh, Three of the four play on Friday, and then Amherst will get going on Saturday. Uh, also, Tufts hasn't started. Scranton hasn't started. Wash U hasn't played a game, nor has Texas Dallas in the top 25. Uh, Thomas Moore off to a 2-0 start. Chicago off to a 2-0 start. So was George Fox. Uh, Messiah lost to York, which we talked about. I saw York play McDaniel on Tuesday, and McDaniel won. Um, York has some really good talent. They're not. They're struggling to put it together. They've lost two straight since that win over Messiah. Uh, Messiah then defeated Juniata and then defeated Gettysburg on the same Tuesday night. So Messiah jamming some games in here. They got two more this weekend. They will have played five games in the opening uh, a little over a week, week and a half. So Messiah get, wasting no time. Uh, mentioned Illinois Wesleyan losing to Chicago. They've got Warburg coming up um, on uh, on Friday. Uh, the other loss in the top 25, Marymount, which we mentioned with against Emory and Henry. <clears throat> Sounds like I'm losing my voice, which is very rare. Uh, they've got Randolph. They then defeated Randolph Macon. That was a significant win for them. Another loss, Gettysburg to Messiah. That was their first game. They'll have Juniata coming up. Whitewater lost to Loris. 
Uh, we mentioned Loris with a tremendous start to the season. Um, and Randolph-Macon with that loss to Marymount. In the receiving votes category, Wheaton lost to number five, Thomas Moore. Again, no surprise there. Uh, Rochester lost to Rochester Tech, RIT. That was a surprise. From what I heard, uh, Rochester feels like they're kind of in a real retooling part of their season here and, and may have some struggles. So uh, Rochester getting a lot of votes, though um, they weren't part of the top 25 data that we send out, believe it or not. So voters themselves deciding to research Rochester there, but RIT getting the win. It's not going to get easier for Rochester. they got Baldwin-Wallace coming up on, on Friday and then Babson on Sunday. Um, Gustavus Dolphus lost to River Falls. Actually, I think there are more losses on the women's side. Uh, FDU Florham, which got a lot of votes, mainly from one voter, lost to Rutgers Newark. They're a shell of their former self, Florham is. Uh, Whitman lost to Eastern of Oregon, uh, Eastern Oregon, I should say. Uh, not a Division Three opponent, but it was close, 52-49. So that's a pretty good result for Whitman. They then defeated Walla Walla. Walla Walla, not Division Three, but of note, we should point out, um, d- disbanded its men's program for this season. Uh, and then the coach left. Um, Albright lost twice to Moravian and Newman. Surprising result. They've got Salisbury ahead of them in a tournament this weekend. I'll be interested to see just how good Albright may or may not be this season. I think they were picked to win the conference. Emory uh, lost to Oglethorpe. So interesting results uh, across the board in men's and women's basketball in the opening start to it all here. I'm not sure what to make of it. I'll be very interested to see where it goes from here. Um, The next few weeks will certainly be um, interesting as we play around Thanksgiving with a lot of games. Um, What was the other thing? Oh, um, so we talked about the Fitchburg State incident earlier in the game, in the show. I'm not going to rehash that one, but I will say this. <laughs> the, it, it, I'm glad I'm not in Division One today. So we had a bunch to work on Fitchburg yesterday. Well, today, Deadspin dropped a heck of a bomb regarding the George Washington program. The only reason I bring that up is you'll remember it involves for, the former head coach at George Washington is a former Division Three head coach, Mike Lonergan. He was at Catholic, led them to a national title. Of course, it's his alma mater. Went on to uh, assistant coach, I think, for a year at Maryland, and then maybe two years, and then went on to Vermont, took over the Vermont program, did very well at Vermont, and then was brought into George Washington. Uh, by the new AD, that ended badly, if you might remember, uh, about a year and a half ago, or a little less. <coughs> Lonergan accused of some some uh, inappropriate behavior, uh, language and stuff with his team. He had made some claims to friends and others. I don't remember how much he, he, he made public at the time, uh, that he felt his AD... Um, was making some stuff up and going after him and that he had some stuff about the AD that was inappropriate. That is now out Deadspin revealing very much. So what was going on there and the video that does not paint the AD who randomly left a year ago at about this time. Uh, it does not paint him in a very bright light. If anything, it may turn the conversation about Mike Lonergan around uh, as Deadspin portrays it, and I will admit, Deadspin doesn't tend to have the journalistic uh, rules of being um, non-biased, and I don't mean that they have a bias 
as you would know in the news, left or right, don't get me started on that. But sometimes when they write a story, they don't remove their bias in the story. So they may have a bit of a bias in the story by saying that many claim that Mike Lonergan was a whistleblower. He wasn't treated as such, and it clearly shows that now he was a whistleblower. He may be. Let's others decide that, not you as a writer. But it certainly, I think, paints Lonergan in a new light. And, and maybe Lonergan comes out of this with another job. I wouldn't be surprised in Division Three, to be honest with you. Um, I have, I the, the the story is long, extremely well detailed. Interesting parts. It it's one of those stories that's going to stick with me for a while. Um, left me a little stunned, to be blunt. But the only reason I bring it up again is that it's a former Division Three coach who had a very ungraceful exit from George Washington. And then the AD quickly followed. So anyway, find it on Deadspin. It's an interesting read. I'm just glad it wasn't that wasn't a story we had to deal with uh, here in Division Three uh, today. So there you go. Um, so there, yeah. Double check a couple more scores. Uh, not a lot going on to be honest with you. This tonight, it's really kicking off tomorrow. And uh, should be really interesting to see how it all plays out uh, tomorrow in these in these games. There's a lot of games uh, to be played, and we're really going to get a good sense of where teams stand after this weekend. So stick around on Sunday, seven o'clock Eastern time. We'll be back on the air. I, I hope and pray with better software up and running. Uh, even if we have to strip down our, our our graphics a little bit to get it accomplished. Um, but our goal on Sunday will be to be in the studio working on it so that we don't have problems like we were having our last few shows. I really appreciate the patience. I know it can be annoying. I know it doesn't paint us in the best of light, uh, and it doesn't start our 16th season all that well. We apologize for that. We hope it doesn't hurt us in the long run. We hope you'll stick around and, and support us nonetheless. Big news out of tonight, Endicott defeating number 5 MIT in the Engineers' first game of the season, 90-73. to I want to thank our guests who appeared on the show. Um, Ira says, don't ever talk about stripping down again. I will try not to, sir. <laughs> I had my teeth stripped down today. <laughs> um, so anyway, I want to thank um, Karen Harvey. Um, sorry, my, my brain just literally went, uh, you're talking? Uh, that We don't talk. I want to thank Karen Harvey. I also want to thank um, uh, Rich Benzman. And Ann Crutchfield uh, from Montclair, Ohio Northern, and Emory and Henry. I want to thank their sports information directors as well uh, from uh, Montclair State, of course, Mike uh, Scala. I want to thank from uh, Ohio Northern, certainly, um, uh, Tim. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Joe from Emory and Henry. Also, because we had some, <laughs> speaking of technical problems, we had some email problems this week, uh, which didn't help trying to get guest booked. Um, We'll figure out what we have for Sunday. I don't have any great ideas right now. We'll figure them out. But uh, coming up on, uh, remember, next Sunday, the 25th, after Thanksgiving, we will be thankful because Sam Atkinson will be in studio to talk as the committee chair. Um, he's from Gallaudet, but we'll talk to him about the men's national committee. And with that, we're going to sign things off. Thanks for bearing with us, everybody. Really do appreciate it. Hope you got to enjoy this in some way, shape, or form, either live or on demand. If you uh 
have guest ideas or thoughts or anything, you can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also uh, get a hold of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. And don't forget, you can also join us on Twitter at d3hoopsville, hashtag hoopsville. We're also on Instagram if you ever want to figure out who we got for guests. That's where we promote the show, at d3hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville there as well. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Hope you have an enjoyable weekend. A lot of good basketball to be played this weekend. Uh, if you can, go to a game. They aren't that far away, um, especially in Division Three. Go go check out a game. Support these student-athletes, coaches, and, and programs, even if you're not directly related to them. Uh, enjoy it or watch them online. Don't complain about the web stream, but watch – well, unless you have to. Uh, uh, watch the uh, – enjoy them, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back here on Sunday night. Hoop Show is presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Thanks to D3Hoops.com, WBCA, NABC, and sports information directors around the country for their help uh, with this program. We appreciate it. Take your time. Enjoy the weather on the East Coast, folks, and we'll see you back here on Sunday night. Good night.